Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people that are making it happen. I'm super excited today because we have a very special guest all the way from the UK. His name is Mark Wright. For those that don't know, Mark is a multi-award winning digital marketing specialist. He's one of the biggest movers and shakers in the digital marketing and business landscape. He won The Apprentice and he's developed one of the fastest growing digital marketing agencies in the world climb online. It's a multi-million pound turnover business and he's positioned himself in the Forbes 30 under 30 European list. He's also made a lot of other smart business investments including investments in property as well. Because of Mark's success in business, on The Apprentice that's given him the opportunity to work with Lord Sugar and the likes of Pierce Morgan. Uh, This hour is power packed with a lot of business insights, success tips to really help you rise through adversity and challenges and give life your best shot. So let's uh, turn over to the episode with Mark Wright. Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the One Shot Movement podcast, where we're interviewing inspiring business leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, people that are out there making a difference in the world. And I have a really, really exciting guest tonight. His name's Mark Wright. Uh, he's a, an Australian, a proud Australian, but now resides in the UK and he's making his mark as a multi award winning digital marketing specialist. He's certainly one of the movers and shakers in the global landscape. He won The Apprentice in the UK and, you know, he's been doing all sorts of different things in business, investing, uh, building businesses, investing in property. He's listed in Forbes 30 under 30 for Europe as well. Um, And because of his success in business and winning The Apprentice, he's working with the likes of Lord Sugar, uh, Pierce Morgan and building lots of businesses with lots of growth. So there's going to be so much to unpack. Package here in tonight's episode, and we will tap into his superpower digital marketing. So, welcome, Mark, to the show. And look, I'd love you to sh- start off by sharing a bit more about your story. Craig, it's good to be with you, and, and thank you so much for having me on your um, program. I um, I don't say yes to many of these, and uh, before doing so, my team and I rigorously research the people and the podcast we're going on to, just for time purposes but also who you associate with really reflects on your uh, brand. And I must say that reading your story and looking at the work you're doing, I'm proud to be here and and thank you for all the work that you're doing as well. Um, It's a bit about my story. Well, you've you've, you've made me sound a million bucks in the introduction. So thank you for that. I think it's a much simpler story than that. And when you look back and you see all the people that I'm now mentored by or in business with or associated to in the businesses I have, it just seems like a blink of the eye. You know, you go back 10 years, I was living in Australia, uh, didn't do so well at school, I know, which is often the story that you hear from the now successful entrepreneur, but I really struggled at school. I'm dyslexic. I can't read and write basically at all still to this day. And uh, my mum and dad owned small businesses in Armidale in New South Wales in Australia. Probably don't need to say the Australia part on this podcast, but um, <laughs> or what New South Wales is. So this is going to be easy for me. <laughs> um, but 
my parents were owning small businesses, so I grew up working in their shops and stores and uh, failed every subject at school. But all I wanted to do when I grew up was be a businessman. All I wanted to do was be an entrepreneur. All I wanted to do was be a businessman, but I didn't know in what business because I failed um, my school certificate and my HSC. Um, so I Googled online what was the quickest uh, business I could open because I f had no grades. And the quickest was a personal training course, which would take six weeks and I could open my own personal training studio. So that was the quickest route in to having my own business. So I was like, beauty, did an online certificate in personal training, and I became a personal trainer in Brisbane. So I moved from Armidale to Brisbane, and I started training people as a personal trainer. And um, I loved it, but it was crazy hours, really early in the morning, not much work on in the day, really late nights, terrible money. And I was trying to build up this personal training thing. And I was like, oh, how do you get rich? How do you get rich? And I started training um, a really successful, really rich Australian guy. And he was the CEO of Energex, the energy company in Queensland. And I said to him, how do I get rich? He said, son, don't be a personal trainer. <laughs> um, and I said, well, where's all the money? Who's all the guys making all the money? He said, all the money is in sales and marketing. You need to angle yourself into sales and marketing. So I went and worked at the college where I did my personal training certificate as their sales and marketing manager. And the bloke there had invented a system where you could upload different fitness academy courses like Les Mills courses, personal training stuff. And everywhere in Australia, people could do it online. It was quite revolutionary back, at, back in the day. But the problem was he wasn't getting any sales. He was getting $2,000 a month in sales. So I said to him, listen, we need to get this out there. How are you marketing it? And he said, I'm in the yellow pages. And I said, well, no one reads the yellow pages anymore. <laughs> and he was like, well, how do, we, how do we sell this? I was like, right, let me do some stuff. So I taught myself how to make a website and I taught myself SEO. And I got the, um, I got the keyword ranking number one personal training courses. And we got to number one on Google and we went from $2,000 a month in sales to $240,000 a month. And I was like, right, I now know what I'm going to do for a career. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of just like, you know, finding the right girlfriend or partner in life. I believe the right career just finds you, you know, like I, I thought I was always going to end up in fitness. I was always going to end up in, in gyms and that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden from doing that, I ended up in digital marketing, which I had no experience in, no expertise in but I just kind of was good at it and um, I enjoyed it. And I was like, right, I now know what I'm going to do. But before I do that, I'm going to do what every Australian does and go backpacking. So I packed up my bag and I went backpacking around Europe for two years as a, as a tour guide to Australians in Europe. Uh, and that led me into the UK where after a couple of years of backpacking, I'd run out of money. I had 170 pounds. I was living in a, uh, a backpacking hostel called the White Ferry House in London. I was door knocking loads of businesses. I got a job as a door-to-door -door seller of Google AdWords. Uh, I started uh, selling those for the biggest company in the UK when they were massive, but they really treated their customers bad. They really treated their clients bad. And I always think don't get bitter, get better. I put together a business plan for what I thought would be an amazing business of my own doing digital marketing. I took it to four banks in the UK for a 25,000 pound loan. But because I'm not from the UK, uh, they wouldn't open an account for me. So uh, I went on 
the uh, UK's biggest TV show at the time, The Apprentice on BBC One. Um, for those in Australia, BBC is like if uh, ABC was any good. And I, um, I went on to The Apprentice. It's a, it's a TV show you know, for business founded by Donald Trump. You know, you're fired in the US. Uh, has on average between 11 and 15 million viewers an episode in the UK. Um, I was one of uh, 75,000 people that tried out for Series 10. I got on, I won the show, uh, and, you know, as they say, the rest is history. I'm here with you today as an Australian living in the UK. I own and operate five businesses, most in the marketing space. I employ over 60 people. Uh, the turnover is about $25 million a year. Um, and we're doing really well now. Coronavirus aside, it's been a hell of a journey. And uh, yeah, so that hopefully gives, I know I've just rabbited on, but that gives everyone a bit of a background to how I've got here. Uh, look, I mean, I, I'm listening to your story and, you know, it's a, a, an Aussie and an expat Aussie need to catch up for a beer and share a few stories because I can d just draw out, you know, I did do a bit of digital marketing and had a page one Google business, you know, you know 10, 15 years ago and, um, yeah, I've been in the fitness industry so, like, I can really, um, really relate to a lot of what you're saying and, you know, don't get paid well. My very first, or one of my very first gym clients become my mentor who he still is today who's guided me all the way through as well and that really probably... What's that? Yeah, a lot of crossovers. But that really takes me to my first question. And, you know, you have you went on The Apprentice, you won The Apprentice, you, um, you know, you, you then got um, some really good mentorship and guidance. And how important has that been, you know, for your next phase in business? Well, when I started in business, I was very green. And I think when you're a young bloke um, and you start a business, you think you know it all just because you, you know what you you do, you do for your job or your, your businesses. What you don't realize is that business is incredibly tough. It's incredibly stressful, a lot more than uh, anyone gives it credit for. And that's why 95% of businesses fail. It's not because you're not good at what you can do within your sector or your product. It's because it's the amount of shots that you take. And a lot of people just end up giving up basically. And a lot of that is because they're not got a good mentor or coach by their side. Now, when I won The Apprentice, I won 250,000 pounds, which I don't know, what's that 400 grand probably. Um, and um, if you gave me two options at the time when I was a 23 year old man, would you take the the $400,000 from winning the show or would you take the mentorship from Lord Sugar? When I was a 23-year-old, I would have taken the money. Now, as a 30-year-old businessman that's seen a lot more stuff over the last few years, I would laugh at the $400,000 and I would just snap your hand off for the mentorship because what a good mentor or coach can do is just been there, done that. When you have a bad day, when you have a situation, maybe it's illegal, supply issue, staff issue, structuring issue within your organization, you pick up the phone and they have the answers. Mm. And that is a lot more value than $400,000, but also the money you can make off the back of the information, you can make hundreds of millions. Mm. It's laughable at the, uh, at the initial uh, investment. So I think that takes experience to look back and reflect on that. And also to, you know, uh, I've just invested in a company recently and the guy was so focused on the money that was being invested, not the mentorship that I'll be able to provide him and my connections. 
success in business doesn't come from money. It comes from connections. Mm. You know, we've all heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Business is all, you are one connection away or one network away from a totally different life. And if you can understand that, you need a Lord Sugar or a Piers Morgan or a Grant Cardone to come into your life and your life changes. And um, I've been fortunate enough to experience that firsthand. When I won The Apprentice, for those who don't know who Lord Sugar is, he's one of the richest men in the UK. Um, he owned Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. He's the host of The Apprentice. And he founded Amstrad, which is uh, was uh, the biggest computing company in the UK back in the 80s and 90s. Um, so he's very well known here. Him and Richard Branson are the two most well-known entrepreneurs in the country. And I've been mentored by him for six years. So uh, I've had firsthand experience at sitting at a board table and hearing not millions, but billions of pounds of deals be done. And that really changes how you view business. Mm. And you did touch on probably my number one guiding principle. I was asked this at a, like it was an entrepreneur retreat last year, what are the two guiding principles you've always lived by? And one of them was around, or what, number, number one and number two, leverage and networks or connections. And, you know, I always said to people, I learned very early on in my business career, if I can't leverage it, I probably don't see a future in doing it as a business and second one was you know your currencies your contacts your networks and the doors that someone like Lord Sugar can open for you or Richard Branson you know you're getting through so many different doors because of that and a good friend of mine recently said and I think it might have even come from a Grant Cardone thing it's not what you know it's not who you know that's what we always say but it's who knows you you know is the real key thing you know, um, I was really lucky. Uh, I've been incredibly lucky in my life, but really lucky when I, uh, I won The Apprentice and I started um, speaking on stage. Now, for anyone who wants to get their product out there, get their name out there, speaking on stage is essential for every entrepreneur. If you aren't speaking on stage, you need to learn how to speak on stage. If you haven't got a book, you need a book. You need to be known for being a, uh, I know you've had Daniel Priestley on your show, but he always talks about a key person of influence. And it's so true. Being known for being the best in your sector or well known for what you do can bring you so many connections and new business. And uh, I got a call one day um, from Grant Cardone's office and they, Grant was coming over to the UK and he wasn't well known in the UK. They needed someone who was famous from the TV, a business famous person to be his encore before he speaks, go out and do the introduction which they kindly asked me to do. And I toured for nine days around the UK with Grant um, talking about, um, I was his warm-up gig. We spoke to, you know, 50,000 people in nine days about business. It was amazing. But, you know, his opening mantra for all of his stuff was, you know, Starbucks doesn't have the best coffee. McDonald's doesn't have the best burger. They're the, world, the most well-known. And a lot of his stuff is you are one connection away and you're one marketing product away from a totally different life. And, and, and it is so true. And I think a lot of people get so focused on money in, in investment in their business, they lose sight of the people and who they are in their business. And it, it all comes back to making sure you're well known for what you do. You offer value, you're giving back to your industry and, and, and also that you're connected to the right people. You know, most people that are running a small business and it's been small for 15 years, they, 
that's a huge problem. Why is it still smaller than 15 years? You've never received the right training or coaching or mentoring to get you out of that small business into the right mindset. A lot of the time it is mindset into becoming a big business. Mm, yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, I had a lady on this show who runs a foundation uh, the other day and she was looking for funding and just through the relationship and the conversation on the show, like there's three people I thought of straight away that I could put her in touch with to be potential people that might be able to open a door to re- help get funding for her foundation. So it is all about who you know and how you and how you treat people like and, you know, you within, I think, 24 48 hours of me reaching out to you just through a a mutual connection you know you said I'd love to be on your show type of thing so you know it is it is you know sometimes who you know it that opens the door for you definitely and having the you you need to have the courage to ask the question of people you know ask the big hitters to be on your podcast ask for a meeting with that company you never thought you'd you'd get Uh, 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 you know a lot of businesses out there uh, the first exercise I do in my marketing boot camp is I have everyone there draw up a list of 10 customers they dream of getting that in their wildest dreams, you know, could it be Disney, Nike, Adidas, Apple, whatever it might be. Um, and then we say, let's go and call those companies. And a lot of people have never attempted to get that dream guest on their podcast, have that dream customer. And that's why they don't have those customers in their business. You know, I do the marketing in the UK for uh, Emirates. I do uh, Emirates' marketing worldwide in 12 different countries. I do TikTok's marketing, the social media platform. And it's because I had the courage to ring these customers and say, would you like me to do your marketing? Someone's got to do it. Uh, And and it's just sometimes we all set so many limitations in our own mind and then sit there and complain that we haven't got the life that we want to live. Well, if you want the body, you need to get down to the gym and not eat the food. If you want that dream client, you need to call them up. And a lot of it is first understanding it by writing it down, then taking the actions and then you get the results and, Uh, it's a lot easier than people make out. Mm, Yeah, totally. And while we're talking a bit about marketing, digital marketing, and that is something that I really, I always like to dive into a bit of the the guest superpower and, you know, your digital marketing growth uh, business, you know, um, I want you to talk a little bit about your climb online and your business and, and even give some tips for, you know, aspiring digital marketers what they should be doing to be able to get ahead in in their business or agency or their vision oh god well thank you um for that i I love um digital marketing it's been uh it's given me a career and a life i could have never dreamed of and uh any business that understands the power of marketing in general but more specifically digital marketing you can have just as many sales as you want and that's why i love digital marketing it's so powerful Uh, the way you structure your website and the way your website looks down to how many followers you have and how you drive traffic to your website can really determine the success of a business. Um, For me right now, the biggest thing I'm seeing in the industry is the power of video content. Back when I first started, it was all about what words you have on your blog, how things are structured on your website to where it ranked. Now it's all about social proof and also content through video. By the end of this year, 80% of all traffic on the web will be consumed through video. So if you're a small or medium-sized business, your first thought needs to be, how can we turn all the information on our website and our social media into video? The better we can get at recording informational videos, Q&A videos, 
packaging up stuff like what we're doing now, the further forward your business is going to be. So right now we're talking to our customers about how do we make as much video content as possible and how do we get that on our social media in an engaging way and based on YouTube because social media will change, the platforms will change over the year, but YouTube won't change. So we're working a lot with getting uh, great video content out there, making sure it's got subtitles on it uh, because a lot of that can be done really cost effectively, but have a huge impact uh, on generating leads for businesses. So that's the thing we're working on um, at the moment. But for me, a lot of businesses just don't spend enough time investing in their website, which is really the door or your flyer to the world. And we need to make sure that the website is great and that it converts and really talks about what you do and is understandable for your customers. But for me, it comes back to simple principles. My business is called Climb Online. We do digital marketing. It says what it does on the tin. Uh, and we're really simple. The reason I've dominated the market or been so successful in the market is so many businesses in my area were talking about clicks and conversions and impressions and algorithms. And all I said was, my business gets your company more leads. Do you need more leads? let's have a conversation. And by sometimes making things, the more simple you can make an idea, the better you understand the premise. And I find that a lot of people I mentor or coach now, they're so confused in what they're offering is they're trying to tell us all the bells and whistles and all the, the jargon to show you that they're an industry expert. But what a real expert does is make their offering simple to understand, simple to follow, and makes their customer pay after they've received the results and everybody wins. And I think that's why I've been so successful and won all of these awards and stuff. It comes back to making it very simple. Yeah, and with digital marketing, I guess you mentioned YouTube, you're working and doing stuff with TikTok, etc. There's a lot of different audiences across a lot of different platforms too. Um, if you were let's say a real life example you were in the fitness industry like instagram would probably be a really good platform for you um what would you say and how would you say you know as a business how would you work with, would you work with five different platforms would you master one or two what would be the best approach for someone like that it's a great question and, and, and in my um, seminar uh, that I run, I run a social media and a digital marketing seminar and the thing that we really focus on is getting people to think about instead of having 20 accounts where you post on one every month or one every few months or you forget about one hasn't been posted on since August 2017, have three to four which are relevant specifically to your industry. You used fitness as a great example. You would have a Facebook account an Instagram account, you probably wouldn't spend too much time on LinkedIn, for example, because it's not B2B, it's B2C. So you need to find which three to four platforms are best for your sector and master them. What do I mean by master? Make sure the content is fresh and updated regularly and that you post consistently. A lot of the time the failings on social media is lack of consistency. People are too worried about the quality and not the quantity. It's the other way around with social media. Quantity beats quality every single time. You need to be talking to your people regularly, even if you've got no makeup on, you don't look at your best, you need to do a live, you need to do that story, you need to post at the same time uh, and, and do it regularly. And if you do that and you do it for long enough, you will be consistent and you will be successful on, on that chosen platform. And, and you know in under the I guess the umbrella of social media still you know like 
they talk about organic uh, free traffic and paid traffic and you know I, I focus on doing both for my own personal business and benefit like that but a lot of people you know they fear spending money to make money you know yeah. they're not going to make it yeah and, and this is so this is the biggest thing if you're not prepared to spend money on advertising online your profile is not going to make it now and it may have five years ago but Google, um, uh, sorry, Facebook, who control Instagram, WhatsApp, um, and the Facebook platform, changed the algorithm two years ago against the organic algorithm. Therefore, what does that mean? Back when you used to have great organic videos, great long written tip sheets or downloadable brochures, you used to be able to get shares, likes, and boosted out to a wider audience with no money down. That they would let that go out. They've, they've fixed the algorithm against us. So unless you're paying to boost things out to a wider audience or advertise, they're not going to share it with a new audience. So your, your content has to be amazing. And when I say amazing, probably partnered with an influencer to get to a new audience. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay. So uh, I don't know why people have this thing about I'm not going to pay to get my content out there. If your content's good, you have to pay to get it out there because it deserves it. And if your business wants the amount of customers you, you have to have, you've got to pay. And uh, I think a lot of my time is spent drilling that into people because I know how the system works behind the scenes. And it, you could have the best content in the world, but if you're not going to put it in front of anyone, you're probably not going to get the results you desire. Yeah, and would you say would you say it's a fair comment to say that when, say, Instagram or Facebook launch a new feature, they will be treated preferentially, you know, like when they launch into a live or something like that, do you think that's a, a sign for you uh, to go and use that feature to help promote your business because they're going to give it preferential treatment? If you're good at doing something like an Instagram or Facebook Live, look at how much they boost that out when someone does a live. They notify everyone you follow, they notify new audiences because they're trying to get that feature within to the platform as a consistent uh, um, uh, feature. So it's a sign, whatever they bring out, you need to familiarize yourself with it quickly or have someone within your organization that is responsible for adhering to these new things. But you're dead right, you know, you, you have to move with the updates in the system, but also you need to understand what's going on with, with, with social media. At the end of the day, they, they are businesses like your business, like my business, and a business's function is to return to its shareholders, profits and profitability uh, and positivity. And, and Facebook are always going to do things that make sure that they report to the street back in a positive manner. And therefore, you're going to have to pay in some element to play. And um, because you are, you know, one of the, the rising stars of the world in this space, if you're not already there, um, what would you say is something, you know, on the horizon, like TikTok's obviously been in and become this big new craze, what would you say is super important as, you know, being ahead of the curve in the future? Is there something that's out there? Like it could be influencers, the rise of influencers again. What, what, what do you say it would be? There's so much going on at the moment. Like it used to be when I first started, it was like Google, Google, Google. All we spoke about was Google, AdWords, SEO, having content on your website and the, the focus has shifted to the 
this year has been the word omni-channels year. <laughs> We're hearing the word omni-channel so much, which, which for those that aren't exposed, means that you need to be across so many various platforms. You need omnipresence across everything because someone might look for your business just on Facebook and not have checked Google, which was highly unusual, say even 12 to 18 months ago. So it's about having, if you're a business, making sure that you have a presence across all of the key uh, platforms for your sector. So um, right now it's video, video, video. I remember speaking about TikTok 12 months ago and people had never heard of it. Fast forward to now where we've all been in lockdown, TikTok has gone ballistic. I mean, every video I see both on Instagram uh, is, and everywhere else is a TikTok video. They're being all recorded uh, on TikTok. So right now, the platform in question, who knows where we'll be in 12 months. TikTok seems to be the, the, the big one of choice. Instagram right now is still the biggest platform in the UK. Um, I think we're going to see a decline massively in Facebook. For B2B businesses, LinkedIn continues to rise and rise and rise. If God gave B2B businesses, service-based businesses, any platform, it is LinkedIn. Becoming a master of how you communicate through LinkedIn, connecting with the right people, sending out the right um, in-mails to people, so powerful. There is so many tools out there that can get you connecting with hundreds of people a day communicating with hundreds of people a day. If you need more guests on your podcast, you need more meetings to sell your recruitment business, your fitness business, your digital marketing business. It's such a powerful tool. Um, so I think B2B and B2C are splitting off more than ever. Uh, but I think there's never been an easier time, particularly as a new business. If you're a new clothing business, you can, you can really fight it out with the big guys because the tools that the social media giants have given us you can really look the same size or you can look um, really professional with very small budget with the platforms that we're given. Mm, yeah, very, very well said. What about uh, like Facebook's just recently introduced, um, what was it, Facebook, um, what was a feature that got uh, launched last week, uh, Facebook Rooms, no, not Rooms. Um, anyway, it was out a, a week or so ago. So... Um, they launch so many. I mean, they're going to be about away from the social media side. They're going to be one of the biggest tech companies in the world. The stuff they're doing for Wi-Fi, satellite launching, all of this sort of stuff, they're going to be a serious player outside of the social media stuff very soon. Mm. And what's your thoughts on YouTube then as a channel? Like it's a search engine, more like Google than a, you know, a Facebook style approach. Um, do you feel that, because I always, like for me, YouTube, it's like the how-to, like how to cut down a tree, how to play the guitar, like how to, you know. Oh, mate, I love it. I, I've just got into, um, which I never thought I'd get into. I used to see them and, and hate them and now I've become one, a cyclist. Um, I've just got into cycling and it is the most addictive thing. It is like heroin for exercise. Uh, I have got into a big time and I started with the basic bike and now I've got all of the gear and, and, and essentially no idea, but I've been living on YouTube for different videos, you know, how to set my bike up, how to do the wheels, how to do the handlebars. All of a sudden I'm on there all the time and it is an incredible resource for how to, you know, and 
like I said um, a, a couple of minutes ago, I believe, and the industry statistics are pointing to, that platforms will come and go, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the TikToks. They'll be like fads, like Bebo, MySpace, all of this stuff. They will come and go with the wind. But what will stay there is search. Uh, and that's uh, Google search and, and YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. And if you watch a kid, if you've got young children or you watch young children with an iPad, they live on YouTube as a learning resource. They just type stuff in and they start watching videos. And uh, I think the children dictate where we're going in the future. Mm, yeah, very interesting insight. So let's just change gears a little bit. Um, you've, you know, grown business, you've got great mentors, advisors around you. Um, I picked up uh, on your bio that you've, you know, diversified out investing into businesses, into real estate, etc. If someone's getting ahead, like for me, I learned very early on uh, in my business career, you get business for cash flow, invest into property, build wealth, blah, blah, blah. And I've been doing that for 20 years and it's held me in very, very good stead. Um, what would you, what's your philosophy around, you know, building businesses and investments, etc.? Well, you've done it the right way. And let me ask you, has that system worked? Yes, very well. <laughs> yeah, and it's such an easy system. 95% of all self-made millionaires have done through so property through property investment. My mentor, Lord Sugar, he's one of the richest men in the UK. He made, I think it was, I don't know, might have been 130, 140 million from his first company, invested all of it in uh, London property. He's now the second biggest property landlord in the UK. Uh, he owns more property here than the Queen. Um, I think he's got 1.6 billion pounds of properties in central London. And didn't, it started as a few million, which is now a billion as the property uh, network has grown in, in, in London. So that model works. Uh, and and it, it's, it's about finding that first business. First thing to say about property is it's bloody boring. Mm -hmm. uh, property is boring as anything. And Lord Sugar's always told me that you do business for fun and property to make money. That is a pretty powerful statement, right? Um, from one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. Say it again, you do business for fun and property to make money. So anyone that's listening, I mean, I would take that advice. It served both of us on this podcast really well and all of the successful people I know. For me, I've discovered a little a scenario and I got this through watching my mentors really closely is how they were making money is they were partnering with really exciting entrepreneurs. So Lord Sugar sussed me out as a really exciting guy in digital marketing. He knows nothing about digital marketing, but knew it's a huge space. So something you want to be connected with. What you need to do as a young entrepreneur or as an investor or someone who really wants to make it, okay, you need a minimum of seven areas of cash flow coming into your seven streams of income if you want to be financially free, okay, as a minimum. You're never going to know about seven industries as an expert because it takes too much time to become an expert in any one field. You can be an expert in maybe one to three fields. If, if you're lucky, maybe one to two for most common. You need to partner with people. You need to find people in up and coming areas that know their stuff that need capital, if you have capital, which is where I am now. So I, this week I bought a hair and makeup 
a beauty business. I know nothing about shampoos and makeup and all of that stuff. The guy who I bought the, in the business with, he's an expert in that field. All I know is it's booming. And with my marketing skills, that business is going to be totally different. Um, things like cybersecurity, stem cell research, all of this stuff is so hot right now but I don't know anything about cybersecurity. You want to partner with someone in that. So the rule is this. Once you have, you find one business as a startup that you go into, you generate cash flow like you did, like I did. Once you have that cash flow, you find property or other businesses that are in that startup phase that can use your skill and your capital to go to the next level. What you need in place is a manager that has experience in the sector that the business is and a hell of a work ethic. Mm. Uh, and that will take advice and mentor and coaching from you. Now, I've invested in five businesses. Uh, four have been successful. One wasn't successful, which is amazing. I would take those stats uh, every day of the week. So I'm always on the lookout for young entrepreneurs that now need money because I have money to give and advice to give. Um, and I think it's an amazing model moving forward at any excess money I put into property. Uh, but my, my the biggest, fastest way of building cash flow is through great, great businesses. Because if, you, if you're lucky in a property, in my experience, at best, maybe a 25% return in a in a great business, I've had, you know, 150, 200, 300% returns in one year out of great startup businesses. So for me, I'm on a hunt for uh, great startups at the moment. Mm, yeah, one of the, I guess, bits of advice I got really early on um, in terms of making money, you can say, let's go and invest $100,000, say, in the stock market, and it grows, you know, might grow, you get 10% return. He goes, if I invest $100,000 into marketing into my business, I can get tens of times returns. So, you know, if you've got a good business and a good business engine and you put that money into marketing as opposed to into a slow growth wealth option, you know, you can really magnify and amplify your results. That's where I've been so lucky. So, for example, this hair and makeup one I bought, they've got a great business, but their marketing is terrible. Like, it is crap. But the metrics in the business are perfect. Turnover, gross margin, uh, net profit percentage. And I looked at it and went, if I apply my marketing to this, it's just going to go ballistic. There's going to be money coming in everywhere. But most people are so conservative on the marketing that they're just not doing enough there. So therefore, they're not getting anything back in. So all I generally do, my key to success has been finding a business that's a good business with crap marketing and sales and just going in and applying what, what I do normally for other companies. And it just, you sit back and watch the numbers go up. It, it, it's a pretty simple formula. Mm, yeah, I took a, a risk on a business investment last year. It was in the plant-based food space. A guy was a bit of a startup. Uh, he had 10 really good products, very different, very unique, nothing out there. And I took the whole idea of nothing like this on the market, this will fly, but didn't really take enough consideration to the you know the old school mindset of the guy behind the business the the lack of cash and you know that's been idling but I invested in a, an education company and that's you know that's going to be a really really good business um, for high growth as well. A lot of it comes back to the person that's in their day to day as an investor we can only spend so much time uh, on the business and also if they got stuck in bad mindset or in bad habits um, the one business I it's still going the business that I say didn't work out but 
he was just performing so poorly and the guy wouldn't listen to the advice I was giving him. I was saying, this is what you need to do. And he was like, no, we've always done it this way. This is what, the, that's the stuff that's killing business, that, that those mindsets that, that, you know, we've always done it this way, the industry is this or whatever. You, you, if you're going to bring an investor in or an expert in, you need to listen to the advice. Mm, uh, that I mean, that I've learnt that firsthand in the last twelve months. Exactly that. <laughs> but you know, it's uh, you know, I, I believe if that had money and the right person behind it, like the, the the ten quality products, and he's an amazing food technologist, but just not a great businessman. Um, let's talk a little bit about ClimbCon. You're doing something else there. Um, do you want to elaborate on that as a, a project you're working on or is it? Yeah, in yeah. Oh, thank you for giving me the chance to talk about it. I, um, I love, uh, one of the things that I've always loved, I don't know why, I think it's within my inner person's personality or not, is self-help, self-development. You know, I'll just find myself on YouTube again watching like Tony Robbins, uh, you know, Les Brown, all of this stuff and just listening to audio books, motivational videos, <clears throat> podcasts. And that started when I was in Australia just going out walking and, and, and wanting to start a business. And that developed as I got older into going to seminars and hearing people speak on stage. And what I found as I got older and, and more successful in my businesses is that stuff really did help me. It really did. But then as I got older and I was getting more and more into it, I started and the, and the industry developed. I was paying sometimes thousands of pounds or dollars to go to these seminars and the speakers, one after the other, were just selling, selling mentor boxes, coaching sets, uh, courses. And I would pay all this money and sit there and then for eight hours not learn anything, just get sold to. Mm. And again, like how I started my agency, I thought I can do this way better now. You know, I have the people around me. I have the money. I have the time and the energy to do it. So I put together my own um, event called ClimbCon. And uh, one of the rule in the speaking contracts is I'll pay for the stage, the hotel, get all the, the punters there, so to speak, but you're not allowed to sell. The only thing you're allowed to do if you want to speak on my stage and you'll be paid to speak on my stages, but you cannot sell your product. If people choose to seek you out and use your business after because you've educated and taught them so much, that's how you do it. Mm. Um, so I put together my first ClimbCon event, Lord Sugar spoke um, at my event. I had Piers Morgan, uh, the, one of the CEOs of uh, Emirates Holiday Group, et cetera, et cetera. The difference was, and I see, you know, I go onto Instagram and I get so upset, is all these people standing in front of Lamborghinis and on jets. They haven't got a Lamborghini or a jet and they're telling people, if you do these seven things or buy my mentor box, you'll be a, a billionaire. You won't. You won't be a billionaire from doing their seven things because they're not a billionaire. Everyone who spoke on my stage was over a hundred million pounds of net worth or billion uh, in net worth. Every single one that spoke on my stage, they had nothing to sell. They were really successful and they were there to help people. And I just wanted to come into that educational space and really help and really give back. And what upsets me is we spoke about at the start of this podcast, how important mentoring and coaching is. And I believe it is the most, most important thing to finding success. But the problem is there's so many fake profits out there that are giving away mentoring and coaching without having had, had success there first, uh, themselves. So I wanted to help people by connecting them with really successful people. And it seems to have worked incredibly well. 
Yeah, no, definitely well said. I mean, uh, you know, part of my journey, it's a war story of mine of, you know, back in, you know, 05, 06, 07, I probably went to a seminar every weekend and bought all those boxes by the fake profits that, you know, were just selling, you know. Yeah, and you know it was a good learning and good experience, and you know you, you you know you learn what not to do is what I used to say to people on my journey to date. But you know I I recently interviewed uh, Michael Lane from Success Resources, and he he um, runs events with you know Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, um, Gary V, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Robert Kiyosaki, and he said that his vision was to provide high quality education in events for sub $100 so his event so it's not a, a sell fest even though they might have you know if Tony Robbins is selling something well you know let him do it but um but yeah high quality education but people still have to pay yeah yeah I I, I mean what um Michael's done and the speakers they get is they, they get you know the, the top brass you know Robert and, and Tony and all of those guys Gary now closes a lot of their uh, Gary B closes off a lot of their stages and, you know, they, they fill rooms, you know, they get thousands and thousands of people in the room uh, and some of the best people on the stages, you know, there's, there's even a guy, an Australian guy that's starting to get up there on, on stages now. I think he's had Kerwin Ray, uh, something like that. Um, he, he's starting to get on their stages as well. So it's good to see some Aussie dudes getting on there and, and educating people. But I just think, we need to provide as much value because I find it unethical that there is young people in the audience that might have their last 500 bucks and people, someone's going to take that from them and tell them that it's their key to being a millionaire. It isn't. And it's really unethical that we do that, um, that people do that. We must help people that want to be successful by giving them the right tools. And if they're good tools, you shouldn't charge for them. Mm, definitely. So just um, before we get into my rapid fire questions, I do want to ask a question because we have t- talked about this before the we started the episode. We're in COVID-19. It'll probably timestamp when we're doing this, uh, when we've done this interview what do you see and the impact um do you see that this will have on business um you know on the economy like where do you see this all going from a business perspective like take the health and all that out of the equation um yeah love to hear your thoughts massive absolutely massive impact um, globally, and it is going to change things, I think, forever uh, in a way that we've never seen. I, I just had a call before coming on to your podcast to a guy, and this is a, a call that represents maybe the last 30 or 40 calls or businesses I've spoken to that have a 30 or 40 staff in an office in London who have realised through working at home that they no longer need an office to run their company, that they found that they are efficient through working from home. They don't need the 20,000 pound overhead of having an office. Um, So they've given notice at their office. Now I had three of those calls yesterday. That's four offices that now don't have uh, tenants in them. We have realized that our productivity has gone up slightly, status same, slightly gone up without paying our 23,000 pound a month office rent. So I'm thinking, could we have a smaller office and maybe on a rotor basis working? So, okay, the health crisis aside, there's gonna be little things like that going on where businesses have found a new way of working at a cheaper cost base. 
um, that's not going to go in. And then I was thinking, what does that mean long term? Okay, all of those cafes, there's this uh, cafe called Pret-a-Manger in the UK and in New York. I mean, every office has a Pret. I mean, it's um, unbelievable to say, see. I don't know if you've got it in Australia or in Melbourne or whatever. I've been, I've um, been to many of them, but... Oh, the- far out. They are... It, like everywhere, it's sickening. But like every every office building has a pret, a basement, a, a pret, and a Starbucks. How many prets and Starbuckses are going to go under as a result of this? Because if you take say forty percent of the workers out of the city and now working from home and all of that, that's going to have a knock-on effect of people not spending money and their sandwiches and all of that stuff, and those businesses will die. But the biggest impact I see right now is we've been in lockdown in the UK three months this week. That's a long time. My business has been able to trade relatively uninterrupted. When I say relatively uninterrupted, we maybe lost 30% off our projections, which is significant. But compared to the majority of businesses, I'm like a golden eagle right now. They're, they've been uh, not able to trade or, or issue one invoice. We haven't experienced the financial crash of this period yet. And everyone's saying, oh, it's been bad, but not as bad as what I thought. We haven't experienced the recession to follow. A recession happens from negative growth over a built-up period of time. Now, if we haven't traded for three months as an economy, that's going to have a huge knock-on effect. Now, the biggest trading zones is New York and London and, and probably Tokyo. Those are starting to clamour now. So the knock-on effect will start to happen on a financial crisis around the world over the next three to six months. So we're just about to face the crisis, which is going to be uh, terrible for all of us in business, but we're just going to have to do it. And I've been really encouraged by the ways I've seen people adapting to their products, the way they work, how they service their clients. It's been really impressive. Um, So one hopes that we quickly come in and out of it and, and, and crack on, but let's just see what it brings. It's going to be a tough period. 2020 has been uh, unbelievably challenging from a business point of view. Um, and it's the businesses that make quick decisions, that make the tough decisions and adapt in the marketplace that will that will survive. For me, I think that I, I estimate that about 40% of my industry will disappear. And we're one of the industries that will be relatively less affected. And I'm encouraged by that. You know, it's when the sea gets rough, you see who the skilled sailors are and you need to welcome bad times just as much as the good because there's opportunity to buy other businesses, to invest in your business, to market and get more customers that wouldn't have been there in a traditionally good market. Mm, Yeah, I said to my digital marketing group, um, that our my cost per lead just dropped by three um you know so and I just said double my budget like you know so for me I said I'll come out of this with a a three times bigger database like (laughs) mate we we had our record week of sales two weeks ago we signed up more new customers in one week than we ever had in the history of the business and everyone's like how the hell did you do that well the first thing I did is exactly the same as you everyone stopped advertising so my cost per click halved Mm. so i went we'll double the budget now i'm at the same cost Mm. and i got like triple the amount of leads just purely because digital marketing works on a competition basis all the competition have basically cracked their undies and have dropped all their budget and and the results of all of our campaigns have excelled so 
fortune really does favour the brave. And when you see your competition drawing up the bridge, it's a great indicator that you should be going out the other way because you're never going to get, you're going to build up cheap data. You're going to have this customer still looking to buy, maybe in different sectors or different businesses to that you've normally sold to. But never retreat, never retreat unless it is the last option you have available. But if you've got a liquid business, you've got good cash, you're marketing's performing you should be looking to to excel Mm, yeah well that's certainly what i've done so at the end of each episode i always have some rapid fire questions Um, they don't have to be rapid fire as in one uh one word answers but um what's your is there a book that you just feel that anyone that's looking to get ahead in life just needs to read the alchemist by pablo coelho yeah, I don't know if you've read that. I've heard about it, um, but I haven't read it. But there's yeah a million books that I've got in the line. <laughs> oh, bloody game changer! Um, best book I've ever read, definitely. Uh, easy to read, great concept for anyone in business and not in business. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I just finished reading um, uh, "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. Yeah, I've done that, that one. Exceptional! Oh my gosh, exceptional! Um, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed that book. And, you know, I'm constantly trying to challenge myself to read. I don't do enough as I, I, you know, I'm always talking about the benefit of audio books and um, I don't read physically read because again, I'm dyslexic, but I listen, try to listen to one audio book at least a week. And um, sometimes I make that, sometimes I don't, but you know, if you want to, if you want to earn more, you've got to learn more. And it's really helped me like the David Goggin stuff talking about, you're only at 40% capacity and you can push yourself to another 60%. Boy, I think about that quite a lot. And that one concept has really stuck with me. Mm, Yeah, no, I got a a few massive takeaways uh, out of the David Goggins. um, What's yours? What's your best book? um, Look, I loved uh, Work-Life Principles from Ray Dalio is probably a book that is the game changer for me. Work Life Principles, Ray Dalio, audio book as well. Um, he's a, a billionaire, you know, one of the richest men in the world. Who, you know, he when he put his his principles on his website, they were downloaded like five million dollar, five million times in a month or something wow. like that. So, yeah, he his his work life principles. It would be that's the sort of person you want to learn from. Yeah. Right? That's right. So, and what about, you you know, audio? uh, Is it a YouTube show? Is it a podcast that you really see value in? Is there anything in that space? Uh, I tend to follow certain people, not so much certain platforms. Like um, uh, I've been on a load of the big stuff, like the biggest podcast in the UK is called London Real. Um, and, you know, I've, I've appeared on that as a guest. I've watched that a lot as well and, and listened to their stuff. But sometimes there's guests on there that just talk total nonsense. Um, so it's more about following the right people whose principles you're aligned with and when you believe in their message. And again, it comes back to the young entrepreneurs we've been speaking about is there's so many people out there to follow and listen to and you sometimes find they contradict one another. And what I encourage people to do is when you find something good, really go into that person's stuff. If for example, you like Tony Robbins, really get into his stuff, get his all of his books and all of his stuff and watch him. And it doesn't matter if he's on Mike Tyson's podcast or or uh, on Joe Rogan, you watch it on the, on the different thing. You don't just watch every Joe Rogan podcast 
because you will get totally different uh, information coming coming out there. So, like for example, you know, I love the stuff that that Elon Musk does. I think he's an incredible. He's a psycho, but he's an incredible psycho. Uh, <laughs> he's on a whole other level of of thinking and and risk taking and um, all of all of that stuff. And what I've noticed from all of the people that I've met, and I'm talking about the billionaires and super successful. Their appetite for risk is incredible. They don't see risk like people see risk. It is, you know, there's a two options. You spend money and you lose it and you learn a lesson or you spend money and it works. And when I, one of the guys that I work with who's very successful, we did this thing and we lost a load of money. I mean, a load of money. And he said, just think of it, we've just invested in a course teaching us not how to do it, but very similar to what you said. And that, that just the different ways of looking at things you can never lose based on how you perceive the lesson. You know, you've just invested in a course that's taught you how not to do it. That's how you think of that. Let's get anti up and go again. And and that guy's super rich, you know. And that's a, that's a Ray Dalio. He's, he says, you know, you got to take action. So let's say you pick up the phone, you call someone, you learn the um, you learn the lesson. So did I get a no or a yes? What was the lesson? And then how do I evolve? Like how do I make improvements on that lesson? So he goes, yeah, take action, learn lesson, evolve. But a lot of people don't take action and they don't know why they're getting results. And you get people that take action. And then there's a lesson to be learnt, but then they don't do the evolution to get better at the, you know, the process. And that's a really good um, growth formula. What about the best bit of advice? You would have had lots of good advice that um, you've ever received. Oh, gosh, I've, I've, I've received a, a, a lot. But for me, I think the key thing is, is you've got to have... One of Lord Sugar's advisors told me on my very first day, I think it was like my third or fourth day working there, that... The key to success in business, a lot of it is about having a tough skin, having a thick skin and being able to handle rejection, failure, uh, having tough conversations, saying things to people that they're not necessarily going to like is really will get you a long way. Being tough and the ability to stay in something until you see it become successful is really the best bit of advice I've got and really the best bit of advice I can give on is um, like we spoke about again, is people giving up. It's because they, they, they've faced a couple of rejections. They've failed a couple of times. Their business is near bankrupt and they, the business will never give up before you do. You will give up far before your business. There's always a way to get more money. There's always a way to get more customers. But what happens is all in here, you'll give up and say, oh, bugger it, I just can't be bothered with this anymore. And that toughness in all of the people that I've met that are billionaires, multi-billionaires, super happy, super successful, whatever it might be, they have an element of pretty tough skin. You know, the ability to handle rejections, fail over and over and over again. Um, most people aren't where they are because they haven't failed them enough times. Mm. Totally. Um, yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Uh, what about the worst bit of advice you've ever received? Oh, um, uh, the, uh, what's the worst bit of advice I, I, I've ever received? Well, probably don't talk to strangers <laughs> um, because strangers have uh, got everything else that you need. 
Um, but listen, probably all of this stuff about like, um, you can work one hour a day and all of this sort of nonsense that people get on about, that's not true. That is not true. Uh, uh, you've got to work really hard um, to be successful. Um, so, you know, um, pretty much that. I, 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 I'm pretty good with advice and who I surround myself with. You know, the people I surround myself with don't give bad advice. Uh, yeah. They say things I don't like hearing, but they always improve me. And, um, you know, you speak about the five people you surround yourself with. A lot of the people are surrounding themselves with the wrong people and getting advice from like family members and stuff like that. You're never going to get ahead or you're only ever going to get the results that they've got. You need to start surrounding yourself with people that have got things and achieve things that you've never done because they're going to put new information into your brain that you've never heard before. And that's so valuable. Mm, totally. And, you know, you're um, at the peak of your powers or not even anywhere near the peak of your powers. You've got a, a long road ahead, a long journey ahead. What about your next three to five years? Where do you see yourself going? Is it an exit? Is it raising capital? Is it uh, you know, going down the climb-com path? Like, where do you see yourself in the next three to oh, five that's years? That's a great question. And, and, you know, I don't fully know the answer to it and I never do at the start of each year I finish each year and think bloody hell what a year that was and it's just by saying yes to a lot of the right opportunities um, for me I think what I've just started to understanding is how important leveraging massive amounts of debt is we're told as kids and I hope we stop teaching kids this that things like credit cards are bad loaning money is bad Owing people's money is bad. If you ever want to be financially free, you need to learn how to leverage debt in a, in a healthy, repayable manner. But structuring deals through debt is the key to massive, massive success. Being able to um, buy businesses, uh, buy properties through other people's money. And I've figured that out. And when you figure that out, it's a very powerful place to be. Mm. And so that's an area you're going down as uh, yeah. <laughs> that's good um, and look this has been an incredible conversation I sort of yeah, do feel a lot of you know what you're saying totally aligns with a lot of my teachings and core values in business and principles as well so where do people find more about you like if someone goes this has been a great podcast I'd love to find you know I want to follow this guy well I, I would love anyone to follow me in any businesses that are looking for more leads i would love to help your business as well so if you search climb online our business will come up it's called climb online um ClimbCon is our yearly conference about marketing sales business and success uh, and also I'm, i've got verified profiles on all social media now there's there's another really well-known Mark Wright. So I'm always number two. It kills me as the guy on SEO to be number two for my own name. But if you go onto any social media platform and search Mark Wright, I'm the Australian that's number two on all uh, social media. Mm, uh, so just from me, look, I really appreciate you jumping on. I know you're busy. You've got lots of businesses. You've got um, lots going on. We're in the middle of an uncertain time, which often adds layers of workload to you. But, uh, you know, not I won't say on short notice, but, you know, great uh, response I reached out and you just said straight away yep I'm on so um, really appreciate that and the value that you've given for this uh, this podcast tonight 
or today has been amazing because, you know, this is a podcast which is about helping inspire and educate people to live their life with passion and purpose. So you've done both today, inspiration through your story and journey, but a lot of education, a lot of wisdom that you've learned along your journey too. So I want to thank you, Mark. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And look, I just encourage everyone to, you know, really start believing in themselves and and taking big actions. You know, the worst thing that can happen is you fail and you learn from that. And uh, it's people like yourself that are putting great programs and getting great guests on that. That's really doing a lot of value in this time of uncertainty as well. So thank you. And I really appreciate you having me. No worries. And we'll have to go to a game of Tottenham next time I'm out to the UK. (laughs) Exactly. Sounds good. (laughs) Wow. What a power packed episode there with Mark Wright. As you can see, he is certainly an entrepreneur that's making it happen. Business success. He's really taking or made the most of his best shot at life and some of the key lessons talking about working with the right people, getting the right people around you, having the right mentors. All of these things are really going to propel your success. If you like today's episode, please give us a shout out, share it with your friends, family, uh, contacts, uh, give us feedback. leave comments on our podcast that's really important especially when you're trying to secure high quality guests like mark if you haven't purchased the book you've got one shot um that's what this podcast is all about you've got one shot go out there and give it your best shot so go across to craigschultz.com to find out more about that as always leave the episode make sure you're out there following your dreams and living with passion and purpose my name's craig schultz and i'm the host of the One Shot Movement podcast.